I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Scott. What's up, nerds? <laughs> all right, today we're going to be talking about House of Dragons, all the things going on with that. We got Movie Pass, DC Roundup, we got a Saints Row review. It'll probably be short. It's so much more, but let's start off with a question. All right, my question for you is, all right, so your city's been constantly attacked by aliens. You know how this is. It, it happens to all of us. Which of these four teams would you want to protect your city? You got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Power Rangers, the Bat Family minus Batman, all right, or the Defenders. And we're going with Netflix lineup for Defenders. Which one are you picking? All right, well, I'm, al I'm already getting rid of the Defenders because <laughs> every time I try to watch those shows, I, I can't make it past like three episodes. I'm sorry. What about I know Daredevil? They have a yeah, I, I never tried Daredevil personally. Oh, man, the best one. I did try watching an episode with my old roommate, Zach, which I fell asleep during. So, okay. you know, maybe it was an off day. <laughs> I don't know. I tried Jessica Jones, which introduced Ooh, Luke Cage. I mean, it was okay, but I think I made it. I managed to make it through season one. Either way, not a big fan. Yeah. Uh, hate me all you want. That's fine. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know what? I love the 90s movies. The 80s movies. I think they're 80s movies. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> old movies, too. you know. But I I mean, on a citywide scale, they're just so outclassed by the Power Rangers and the Bat family, obviously. Yeah. But you know what, dude? The Green Ranger is legendary. And I think I would... They do be destroying lots of buildings. That's though. the thing. Those the, the Megazord takes down freaking three blocks every time it saves the day. They might do more damage than the aliens. Yeah, I think I've got to I've got to give it to the Bat Family. I think they're just the best qualified and best equipped to to do this. Yeah, we got Gotham Knights pretty soon. We're gonna be able to test this out. But yeah, I mean, we got Great Robin, Nightwing, Red Hood, and uh, Batgirl. Yeah, I think that's just generally a safe bet. And there's also like they're also pretty smart. They're probably the smartest of the four teams. So. They'll probably figure out like whatever it is that they use in War of the Worlds to take out those aliens and just disease them up, you know, give them the flu and figure it out like alien COVID and boom, save the day. You never know. Yeah. I mean, they're trained by Batman. So, and he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I hear good things. Let's go over the network news. It's September starting soon. And with that are the two seasons for Pushing Buttons and Outlast Podcast is coming out. Outlast Podcast is starting later in the month. And Pushing Buttons, I think it's coming out like the first week of September. That's going to be really cool. The first topic already has me fired up. I'm already wanting to jump in and get, get angry with them. I think, are you going to join their show at some point? They've, they've, they've ushered you invitation to join the show. Do you think you're going to join? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Pushing Buttons does, they get into a lot of topics that I really enjoy. And they, they have the time allotted to, to discuss topics at length, which yeah. we all know I like to talk a lot. So <laughs> we all do. Uh, we yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to hop on, you know, if, if they ever want or need a third voice, hopefully they let us know what their topics are ahead of time. Yeah. We can be like, Oh yeah. Like psh, I got stuff to say, you know? Yeah. The state of blizzard. Okay. Hold on. Let me get Scott real quick. He's going to get fired up. about Yeah. This. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to talk <laughs> shit about blizzard. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't and, even edit that one. I got to like walk away before I get angry. Yeah. You know, and like when I listen to them, when I listen to older episodes, I'm always like, you know, you'll see me in the discord. I'm like, I was listening to this episode and I just wanted to say da -da 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 -da. Yeah. like, like I could, I feel like I'm almost there and could have just had a conversation about whatever they're talking about. So I'm a big fan. I, every time I'm editing them, they always, they'll know I'm editing it because I'm messaging them directly. Like, I agree with you, Kyle, you know, blah, 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 this or whatever. Or, you know, I'll say something like, yeah, screw Assassin's Creed, <laughs> something like that. 
I'm always like uh, directed messaging them all the time on our Discord, guys. Go join our Discord. Kevin always brings up how much he hates Ubisoft and, and Blizzard and somehow always brings up Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard. So it's great. I secretly think he has like posters to them. And, and like we're watching a podcast, we're seeing, you know, the other three walls, but I think the wall he's looking at, he's got like World of Warcraft posters up, Assassin's <laughs> Creed posters up. That's what I think. I think he's got a big black flag poster right above him. I think that's what's going on. He's just he's just fooling us. Hey, all I want to tell you about our new friends at Gooder. They sell a huge variety of colorful, comfortable, and outright stylish glasses. If you want to support Geek Freaks and pick up a pair of awesome sunglasses, Gooder is giving Geek Freaks listeners 15% off your first order. I threw a link to these in the description. I'll be sporting them on social as well, so you can check them out. I use my computer glasses on TikTok. Matter of fact, I'm wearing them right now as I'm editing this podcast. And my beautiful turtle shell glasses are my new cruising glasses. I keep them in the car and just drive around town with them. They are fantastic. You can go to gooder.com backslash geekfreaks and use code geekfreaks. Get that 50% off. Gooder offers 30-day money back guaranteed, 100% satisfaction. Their sunglasses are 100% polarized and start at only 25 bucks. I mean, you can't beat that, right? Plus, free shipping when you grab two pairs. And trust me, you're going to want to buy two pairs. Gooder is also 100% carbon neutral. So you can feel good and look good. So head on over to gooder.com backslash geekfreaks. Use that code geekfreaks. Get yourself 15% off. Check out all the styles. It is totally worth your time. All right, let's talk about DC. We have to talk about DC every time now. I think it's going to just become a new thing for us. We know you guys like it. I see those listens. All right, let's talk about Batman the Caped Crusader. This is the new animated series done by Bruce Tim, Matt Reeves, and J.J. Abrams. It's been canceled by WB and for HBO, but unlike Batgirl, they're going to sell it to somebody else. Netflix, Hulu, something like that. Can you see a streaming service wanting to get into the Batman game? Oh, for sure. I think I think out of the, the DC properties, Batman is is one of the most popular. You know, there is sometimes a sense of we've had so much Batman, you know? Yeah. Like we, there's been so many movies. There's, but, you know, Robert Pattinson, Batman came out, did great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, probably the best thing they made is <laughs> <the> Joker. <laughs> yeah. You know, Just, I mean, <laughs> Batman, Batman's popular. And if you yeah. can do something more with it, you know, maybe you, you start bringing in, you know, Nightwing or or a better Robin than we had in that George Clooney Batman. You know, there's there's always more you can do with Batman that people will want to see. Well, specifically with this too, just to kind of to, to, to reiterate this, this is the Bruce Timm project. So it's actually like basically a more adult version of Batman, the animated series from the 90s. It's an animated series, but it's going to be like actually 100% geared towards adults. So you've you got to kind of look at like what platform would also want to embrace that kind of animation, which is very costly, of course. We're we're seeing a lot of animation, right? Yeah. There's, you know, Netflix has been trying to bring in any they they were trying to bring in a lot of anime before, and then you know these other companies also started to get into the anime game and mm-hmm. kind of pulled pulled things out from under them. But even now, you know, there's just random animes on Netflix all the time. Yeah. You know, HBO. Obviously, there's been so many different mergers and buyouts with like Funimation and and uh, Crunchyroll and all these different things. So these anime property, you know, 
licensing rights are kind of just popping all over the place. Everybody wants a piece because they have become very popular, especially with our generation and the younger generation, which are those are the people you want using your services, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like I think I still have a Netflix because I've had a Netflix for 10 years, yeah. you know, but definitely I'm kind of running out of things to watch on it. Whereas, you know, a, a Gen Z is probably like, who watches Netflix anymore? You know, so yeah, they probably have a whole slew. I do myself, yeah. yeah. You know, so they're trying to pull me away from Netflix and yeah. and pull Gen Z to their their things. So I think animation is very in right now. It's very trendy. And then of course, if you want to bring in millennials, you got to hit the nostalgia. That's what oh, everybody yeah. wants 90s to do. Animated Batman, they, they got me. <laughs> animated Batman, bro. Yeah. So you know, and I I talk crap about the nostalgia all the time, but will mm-hmm. I? end up watching that batman show yeah probably if it yeah. comes on something i already pay for it you know yeah if, i don't I know generally the top subscribe right just now, for a show the, yeah the top contenders right now is netflix uh, apple tv and somebody else. oh they peacock so it's it's kind of some of the outside outside ones apple tv's actually been surprising me like everything they do put out is 100 quality I, I could see netflix for sure but yeah it's kind of like one of those things where i don't think hulu will get it because that's disney and if disney owns anything DC, then it's gonna be a black hole and we're all gone. So give me that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh, but the crossovers. Oh my god. Batman's needing help. Here comes Iron Man, and all of a sudden my freaking brain explodes. <laughs> it would be so messy. It's very interesting to see that this is something that that Warner Brothers is willing to get rid of. It's one of their more the next in their terrible moves. Let's talk about the next thing that we got here. We've got a bunch of DC stuff here. We got Batman 2 is finally greenlit, which was something that everybody assumed was done. But then during this whole merger thing, Discovery's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We haven't made a deal. No papers are signed. So they finally have that done. And Matt Reeves, the director for the Batman, the, the wonderful Tim, recent movie, they've given him just full reign to pick any DC project he wants to make next. Is there anything in particular you think Matt Reeves could be able to tackle pretty well? So, you know, I, I'm not, I didn't read comic books ever. It wasn't a, it wasn't a thing we, we had. So my... I watched, you know, Batman the Animated Series, but I'm not a big, big DC fan. You know, I grew up on X-Men and, and Batman, and that was about it. You know, I, I'm not a huge Superman fan. He's a, he's okay, I guess. But yeah. I think what if it could be done well, a good Green Lantern could, could be pretty fun. Um, or yeah. even if he just expanded further into the Batverse, just please, please not another joker movie like yeah there are other villains we already have one in the works <laughs> exactly you, you know about yeah, that right it's, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be a freaking musical as well they said joker 2 is gonna be a musical with lady gaga yeah uh, well you know a, so. a joker movie from joker's point of view that's one thing but you know every every batman movie has to end up going to the joker verse you know and there's just right. there's so many other villains <laughs> please there are great right. villains and none of them have been done well by the movies except the Joker. And and same goes for the Batman side of things. Like when's the last time there's been a Robin in a Batman movie? I mean, like actually as Robin, not until back in the nineties when Mr. Freeze was, was Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, back then that's when we actually had a Robin. Let's make Robin again. I actually really like when Batman's got Robin by his side, especially when it's like Tim Drake or Damian Wayne or somebody like that. And there's only a Nightwing out there. Let's progress. We don't have to keep going into like, hey, I'm Batman. I'm by myself and I'm a loner. No, he's he's actually got a family he cares about in a lot of ways. He's the dad. 
so hopefully they they expand in that way. Matt Reeves would be really good at something yeah, like that. Yeah, and and although you know I I do like the Batman, you know the new movie. I I think that it was it was it's, it was very real. You know, like I mean he's he's a Batman who makes yeah. mistakes, which I love. You know, um, and he's just. He's just like that angry young Bruce Wayne, you know, which which is is fun to see. But once again, I mean, is is there going? Yeah. Is there going to be a Robin in there anytime soon? Probably not. I mean, as Batman, he's not he's not at that point in his career. He's not that mature to take on another human being and train them to be a, you know, part of the bat family so that kind of would be cool though if he's (laughs) he's trying to take somebody and he's not equipped for it that'd be kind of cool like him like what do i do with this kid i mean you know know, and it could be like what changes him right like alfred just comes home with this troubled child and now all of a sudden he's like thrust (laughs) into a dad role you know yeah it's like a big daddy with adam sandler (laughs) but with batman yeah yeah big daddy but batman (laughs) scoop steve so yeah you know i i think there's so much that can be done with batman and we keep going yeah you know to the beginning to the origin story like we know how batman's parents died we don't need to see it again okay like we 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 didn't forget since the last time we watched it in a batman movie like there's just so yeah. much more they can be doing, and and hopefully they they get a little risky, you know. As for Batgirl, because of course they're doing a thing they're calling funeral screenings, which is you know a fun name for it. Basically, if you worked on the movie, if you're like up higher up, actually worked on the movie, you're able to go to the WB lot this week and watch the movie and hold before they lock it up forever. Personally, I wouldn't step foot on that that studio ever again. The directors have said they want to work for DC again if they offered anything, just because you know it's it's good money. I can't blame them, but. Man, it just feels like WB is being so shitty about this, and it angers me up. I couldn't imagine if I actually worked on this project. You are seeing people come out and actually being like, DC and the CEO of WB sucks. And yeah, they totally do. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, to to, to put it all into perspective, the whole DCEU is garbage at this point. You know, I mean, it is literally being thrown in the garbage. Yeah. You know, they're they're cutting their losses as much as they possibly can can to the point of yes scrapping an entire semi-related project you know the whole hbo discovery merger is being handled so poor because yeah like i don't even who i don't know anyone who ever subscribed to discovery plus okay so it should just be like oh yeah yeah whatever we bought you do what we tell you almost you know like not that direct and, and rude but i mean come on discovery yeah i mean maybe they're worth a lot more than we both realize i don't know me, <laughs> me and squeeze got pretty heated about this exact thing last week about like who the hell are you discovering we've got pretty heated about yeah, it you know <laughs> i had a sense i had to actually take out a lot of f-bombs actually i was like okay we could we could say fuck but i mean come on these yeah, kids right? do listen sometimes yeah, i mean there's there's so much going on here i think they think they're doing a nice thing because it's like yeah you guys put a lot of yeah, you guys put a lot of work into this. We'll at least let you watch the finished product. But then we're going to throw it in the garbage afterwards. Exactly. It's like <laughs> it's it's like they're trying to be like, hey, look, good PR. Like, hey, here's the PR move. Let's make sure we can bring everybody on the able to see it. And it's like, screw, I hope this thing gets stolen so bad. I hope someone steals a copy of this shit and puts it out on, on LimeWire. I'm telling you, I want it out there so fast. And, and the second they do, guys, we're going to do a review for it. We're going to talk about it on this podcast like it was fully released. 
just like the same way I watched, what's that one with James Franco and Seth Rogen where they went and took out North Korea's guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard I've, the interview. interview, yeah. I remember I got a bootleg version of that immediately, and heck, yeah, I watched the heck out of that. I mean, it, it's, it's you know, War of the Worlds thing. As soon as you say you can't watch it, I want to see it so bad. And the same thing's going to happen with this. I'm going to watch watching background. It's going to be my favorite DC movie just because of that. All right, next up, Shazam 2 and Aquaman are delayed. Apparently because, this is just what I've heard, Warner Brothers is running out of movie. They could really, or money. They could only release one big project, which is going to be Black Adam. And then they have another movie they have on the, on the slate to come out as well. But basically they have to move these two out because when a movie releases, it's not like it releases and they just make money immediately. No, there's a ton of money that goes into advertising the movie. And if they don't advertise it, they can't make the movie the money later on. So releasing a movie is very expensive. Both Shazam 2 and Aquaman delayed into 2023. Uh, lastly, let's get this last one out real quick. Dan Lin, the guy that made the Lego movies, It, and Sherlock Holmes, the, the uh, Robert Downey Jr. ones. Sounds like he's the top of the list, and it sounds like it's all but confirmed. He's going to be the new Kevin Feige for the DCEU. Lego movie was pretty cool. I will say, like, that's a good... It, it, and, and honestly, Sherlock Holmes, I, I really like the universe they built. I'm, I'm kind of on board with this. What do you guys, what do you think about Dan Lin? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've watched the Sherlock Holmes movies so many times. You know, they're, they're, they're Same, fun. Same, right? Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s fun. What's his name? Jude Law, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you Jude know, Law, Jude Law right, yeah. fun. He, he, obviously it's like, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's like 1800s London, right? I mean, that's not terribly difficult, but he makes it interesting, you know? Doesn't take itself too seriously, too, which I think is very important. And that is something that the DCEU has failed at every step of the way, is that it's, it's so dark, it's so serious, it's, there's no life to it. Where yeah. I think Shazam kind of broke that mold, and it's one of the better DCEU movies, you know? I mean, everybody remembers what is it tony stark says something and and captain america is just like uh language <laughs> and it, it comes off so natural it's so why is that so much yeah. better than anything dc writes i mean it's so crazy like america's ass it's like that's just fucking well done yeah. <laughs> you know i mean yeah it comes off so natural and like that is captain america captain america is so boy scout he would probably say that uh whereas the dceu yeah. just never kind of gets that that spirit to it it feels very lifeless yeah. all the way i think i think you have something there, the lifeless thing i think it's because like dc characters don't feel real and somehow marvel characters feel very real like like everybody i, I think for a lot of us we have an uncle that could kind of be like a, a tony stark or a friend that could be like a tony stark because why is cracking doesn't take anything seriously until something goes wrong you know i don't know yeah i think marvel characters just feel re more real and that might be why they're slipping a little bit, like, because now Loki's, or not Loki, but Thor's going a little bit too far. I mean, I loved Thor Love and Thunder, but I get what everybody's complaints are, that this character's not the character that was pitched to us in the first movie. He definitely isn't. But, yeah, when you look back at, like, the Iron Man, the original Black Widow, you know, outings and stuff, they're much more real characters. When you look at, like, Flash, Ezra, they're just not, they're not having fun. And I'm not having fun watching them. Ben Affleck looks like he's being tortured. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody's enjoying themselves. And, and I think Gal Gadot does well with the character, but her and Ben Affleck are just, like, too serious together. You know, they're too doom and gloom. 100% agree with you. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully that they, they find something better. And you know what? 
You know what else I'm hoping for? I'm hoping not have to talk about DC next week. So let's see how that goes. Hopefully we don't have to bring it up. I have a feeling we're going to be talking <laughs> yeah, about some shit. I don't shit. know. Next, so next thing you know, they're going to be like, we're selling the rights to Game of Thrones. I don't know. You know? If they do, I'm going to start a Kickstarter. I'm going to try to get them. Speaking of WB, let's go ahead and HBO. Let's go ahead and talk about Game of Thrones. We had a House of the Dragons out this week. George R. R. Martin, who should be writing right now and not talking to cameras, but he has said that he wants to build a cinematic universe. We've seen this with MCU, and you and I were talking about this. It feels like this is a very common thing now. Lord of the Rings, we talked about it last week. Embracer Group, who just bought the Lord of the Rings, right, wants to do the same thing, create a cinematic universe. What's the impact of this on movies? Should we look forward to this, or is it just trouble ahead? Obviously, we can see this fail. We can see it fail pretty spectacularly. You know, we, we saw Avatar. They're trying to do so many Avatar movies. And do we really need that much Absolutely Avatar? not. Yeah, we don't need you to know, see Dances like, with I don't Wolves know. remake four times. <laughs> yeah, it's the same story you know? all over again. Yeah, I mean, it was a good watch the first time. I've never successfully watched it again. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, I guess you can make more Avatar movies, but there's also, you know, when you have these more established franchises, there's something for, for viewers to connect to, you know, yeah. people who read comic books or just watched the cartoons back in the day. You know, we all know something Marvel, something DC, something Lord of the Rings. Avatar, I think, is a little too far left field, but unfortunately... Marvel has made so well Disney Marvel has made so much money and is so successful with the MCU there is a level of like market saturation that happens that I think kind of lowers the quality of all of it, it, it you know so so with Marvel they, the, the big advantage they have is a, a catalog of lore that isn't even touched by the Bible. I mean, it's so big. And then DC, they really had that same catalog. So all they got to do is not screw it up. What else has that? Lord of the Rings is close. They've got a lot of content out there, but really if you're looking at it, it's like three solid books. Or, well, no, the, the one franchise has got three books and then you got The Hobbit, which is a small book, folks. It's not three movies worth of content <laughs> in The Cimmerillion. What else is there? I mean, you'd have to really build that world out. And that's what worries me. It's the same thing with the Game of Thrones thing. Like when you make content based off of nothing, well, then you better have some really damn good writers because only George R. R. Martin can make the dialogue that Cersei and Tyrion speak, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and, you know, you and I talked about this, you know, to me, I'm, I'm worried because as we saw in Game of Thrones, once, once we reached the end of the books at the TV show, the, the show quality just went downhill. Yeah. And that was, you know, because they ran out of source material and those those certain conversations that happen that also happened that way in the books, they don't exist. You can't put them in there. They don't exist, yeah. you know? So that George R. R. Martin flair disappears. And even though there is a book relating the events of the new show, that's really all it is. It's just a relating of events. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily an establishment and development of the characters that are part of those events. Yeah. So they have to take a lot of creative license to really flesh out these characters. And 
I wonder if they're going to really successfully be able to do that. Yeah. I think the only thing that, that can possibly try to capture the same magic as Marvel might be Lord of the Rings. I'm sitting here spinning my wheels trying to think of what else could possibly do, but even game franchises, like maybe Assassin's Creed is big enough. I mean, that sounds crazy to say, right? In honor of Kevin, we have to mention Ubisoft. So Assassin's of Creed course, of course. <laughs> might be able to do that just because it leans so much on, hev- on, on history. It has very notable characters. You could jump around, and if anything gets still, you're like, okay, fine, we're in Florence, Italy now. Like, you can just jump around. Something like that would be big enough. But you really need, you need the 10 Assassin's Creed games out for that to be possible. Mm-hmm. Even with the Bioshock, we're going to be talking about later on, Bioshock Project over at Netflix, you're like, okay, you've got three excellent games. Don't burn through them too quickly. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how this universe, the pressure, that's probably the best way to put it, the pressure from the MCU and not necessarily from Marvel, but from the execs that see what Marvel doing. And like, well, why can't we do that? Let's just hire some guy and put it all on his shoulder and burn up his career if it doesn't work out. You make this, make that a Marvel thing. And they're sitting there with, you know, the Hobbit in their hands. They're like, well, son of a bitch. I don't have 80 years of Marvel <laughs> to make something. Yeah, you know, and it's it's also, it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, we have Game of Thrones that's working on multiple spinoffs. And, you know, George R. R. Martin is still here for now anyway, and is, <laughs> you know, active in the development of these shows to greater or lesser extents. You know, they say that with House of the Dragon, he's he is pretty, pretty involved and that not much gets done without his say so. Yeah. You know, I don't know how accurate that is, but it seems like he's taking a very controlling role there. I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but, you know, it's not like he just said, yeah, here's my book. Do what you want, you know? Yeah. And and so we do we do have that. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Lord of the Rings, obviously, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien is, is not here with us anymore. You know, the estate has an active role, though. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, even just with the Rings of Power, you know, it takes place within the Second Age. The Second Age, there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot you can expand on. They've already added their own things yeah, which is interesting because the Tolkien estate has traditionally been very, very choosy about how much creative license is even allowed with their their properties. Yeah, let us know on Twitter or Instagram what you think should be a cinematic universe: Marvel, DC, Lord of the Rings. They all got theirs that they're working on. What should they be adding onto it? Let's talk about Movie Pass. It's finally returning. Quick question: Have you had Movie Pass in the past? I mean, I had like the AMC Stubbs rewards okay. or whatever at one point, but that was that was about it. Yeah, the Stubbs reward came out off of the Movie Pass idea. So, those of you guys who don't remember, we talked about it a lot on the podcast back in like 2019 when it was a thing because we were using it like crazy. But you spent like 10 bucks, maybe eight a month, and you could go to unlimited unlimited movies. I literally went to the theaters every day for a week one time. Just eight dollars for the entire month, and it was crazy. It was just one of the hot summer days, so I was like, "Screw it, I'll just spend it in a the theater." And so, they are bringing this back, but they're being very careful because, of course, people like me who abuse the old system bankrupt the company, and we all lost our our ability to do this. The new one is going to be either ten to thirty dollars based off your area. So, out here in California, likely going to be thirty dollars. They're doing a waitlist only thing. So, when this episode comes out, there's a couple days to get on that waitlist. You go to moviepass.com, sign up for the waitlist. If you get onto the, you get access to to pay for Movie Pass. You'll then get ten invites, and you can invite your friends to join the 
So they're going really slow. It's the clubhouse model. What do you think about this? Can this really revive sort of a stale or dying, really, theater industry? A couple weeks ago, you know, my girlfriend and I, I was thinking, you know, maybe we'll go see a movie. Mm -hmm. And so I looked to see what's playing. And there really isn't much. Yeah. And it's the summertime. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, it's the summertime. This is supposed to be the time when everyone wants to go to the movies because this is the summer blockbuster season. I I think I, it just feels like another dying gasp of desperation. Yeah. You know, there's just simply not a lot coming out that people are really excited for, I feel mm-hmm. like. You know, there's there was 411 Thunder, but it, it didn't match up, you know, the time didn't match up with what we already had planned. So that was probably the only thing I may have went to go see. Yeah. You know, I, people's viewing habits have, have changed so much. I don't know. I I feel like they would just be shooting themselves in the foot to be honest with you, because either people are going to be frustrated because they're unable to get on to the waiting list for the things that they really do want to see. And then they have to settle for watching things they don't want to watch. Yeah. Or there's just really nothing out worth watching with movie pass. I would be like in the area and had a couple hours to burn. So I would just go and I'd watch movies. I had no interest in seeing. I watched, I mean like documentaries and stuff like that theaters just for the sake of watching it. Here's the screwed up part about that though. Every time I walked in, with, there were people, by the way, this is famously a problem. People would use it to go to the bathroom. They're like, look, we're at the mall. They have a theater in this mall. Let me just go to the bathroom in the you know, theater's bathroom. I'll use my movie pass to get inside. What happens when you do that? Remember, you're spending $8, $10 a month for this thing. Movie pass pays the theater the full price of your ticket. And so, <laughs> yeah, they're banking on the whole theater thing where people will just like forget they have movie pass and not go in. Meanwhile, people are like, I'm going to take a quick leak. <laughs> $10, please. <laughs> so, and, and especially out here in California, movie ticket for $10, that's like one day a week. Matinee, if you're very, very lucky, outside of that, it's going to be like 15, 16 bucks. It, it's a little tough. Another thing I was thinking about too is, you know, my, my house is very comfortable. You know, why would I want to get outside? When especially the content coming out on TV, House of Dragons, we got Game of Thrones uh, or Rings of Power coming out in a couple weeks. All that's better than any movie that's in the theater right now. And it's just on my TV. You know, yeah, and you know, so much of it is you know dual releasing on a streaming service, or you can watch it in a month, you know, on HBO or Disney yeah. Plus or or whatever. And yeah, you know, oftentimes I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not willing to go spend the money in the movie theater to watch this, yeah. honestly. But hey, if it's gonna come on this service, I'm already paying for it. Then sure, I'll sit down and I'll watch it. So I'm hoping that MoviePass, going back to the MoviePass thing, MoviePass might spark an interest of just getting people out there. And even if the MoviePass is a much more, you know, doable price, say it's $30 a month for me, and I might give it a shot for a couple months, at least here for the podcast, I've got to review everything and spend money on everything, of course. We'll be talking about Saints Row soon. <laughs> but, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Don't waste your money. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll give it a shot for that. And it might get me out of the theaters a little bit more, and I might, you know, find a rhythm that I like, get back into it, and it might re-spark the industry. And I know, again, in my area, 
no theater doesn't have recliners, doesn't have a bar inside, doesn't have a Starbucks. Uh, most of them have Starbucks inside. They make them very comfortable now. I mean, it's like an event to go. So now with MoviePass added on, it's a pretty sweet thing. I, I think I'm going to give it a shot. I just don't think the MoviePass business model is sustainable, and I don't think it's enough to really save the theater industry, but it might respark something. I think what we're going to see is some are going to make it and some aren't. I, I yeah. think that in a lot of areas, the, the market is saturated. Um, you know, it's kind of like drive-ins, right? I mean, there were always people that are like, yeah, let's go to the drive-in, right? right. But your oh, town yeah. was down to one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they had three back in the 60s, but now there's one. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we're going to start seeing is, is some of them are just going to start packing up, you know? And I mean, it's just the way of the world. I don't think movie theaters are going to be gone soon. I just think there's going to be less of them. Um, and movie pass isn't going to save anybody. I don't think it's not going to. And then like with the, you brought up a very good point that just kind of resonated with me right there. I don't want to echo is the idea that the, the driving theaters went down to one and then when I, I went to the driving theaters during the pandemic, and one of the first things, and I watched Black Panther, it was actually right before Chadwick Pass, so it was really special. But one of my th thoughts at the time was, man, this is totally not the same quality as going to the theaters. Just not as good. And now <laughs> we're saying this again with TV. It's like, man, this is good, but House of Dragons, did you see that? That CGI is House of Dragons. It's amazing. So, you know, it's just we're getting better and even more convenient. So you got to go with what works. I will try out MoviePass. We'll review it here on the podcast, guys, because I will let you know how that works out. All right, let's do a quick Saints Row review, guys. Oof. <laughs> Man, it's done. I was excited for Saints Row. I love the original four Saints Row. Yes, even the fourth one, let's just wackadoo and uh, literally going to hell at one point. Entered space. It's all kinds of fun. I was looking forward to them trying to reboot this, kind of ground it again. And give us a place to expand from again. Talk about unbelievable characters. A lot of my notes were the fact that like there's no way two people would say these lines. It was very buggy. The world felt dead to me. I like, I was talking about a couple weeks ago, Stray. Game that came out recently, 30 bucks for five hours. But the thing that I liked about that is the world felt very alive. It's a bunch of robots walking around, but you saw them sweeping on, on random days. Or you saw somebody just like you know, tending to a garden. It felt real to me. These characters feel like I'm playing Grand Theft Auto 3. And it's like, what happened? Why, what happened to this game? And why is it so unfulfilling to me? And I couldn't figure out what it is. I love this genre. I love Grand Theft Auto. I love open world games. I love all the old Saints Row. So like really this ticked all my boxes. But it felt like they were first off doing too much hand-holding. One of the few highlights to me was that, you know, you do these side missions and the side missions are relatively good. They're what you expect. But they do have one that's just straight up called Wanted, where you go hunt somebody down. You take him out, you get money for it, and that's like, okay, I could literally spend the entire game playing this. Uh, we've been playing, we played a little bit of Wildlands, and it might have been one of the best nights in gaming we've all had for a couple years. <laughs> so it was a lot of that. I was like, hey, just go kill this guy, which was a lot of fun. Overall, what is, my, what is my thing on this game? And then we'll go into a little bit more talking about the game itself. I would say wait till this thing's on sale. I wouldn't spend more than $10 on this game. I mean, I know it's harsh because I just spent 60 bucks on it. I wouldn't spend more than $10 on it. it. It fell so, so short of my expectation. All right, let's talk about the state of this game's release. When it released, just the launcher itself 
made it to where I could we couldn't hardly stream the game. I streamed it for a bit. It was so buggy, it crashed. I continue to have problems launching this game because it constantly needs to be verified every time you launch the game. That's part of Epic's problem. But then there's also many bugs in games. Constant clipping. So we've seen this more and more with new game releases. Why do you think we're getting this now, Scott? Why do you think we're getting these new games that come out with a litany of problems? We've had Cyberpunk. We've had all these other famed games that, that fail because of this. And then they have to sit there and go back to the drawing board. What's the deal with this? It comes from a place of complacency, I think. You know, digital sales, you know, everyone, not even just digital sales, you know, it's the internet, right? So all these companies seem to come from this same philosophy of, well, it has to be out by this time. Yeah. And if it's not right, well, we'll just put it out and then we'll fix it. And and I think this is kind of piggybacking off of the realm, you know, the the era of when everything was early access. You know, yeah. you even had some of these like double A, not so much the triple A's, but like double A studios, you know, that were coming out like, oh, here's our game. It's quote early access, which we all yeah. started to know was just an excuse for it's a buggy mess, but we really would like to make money off of it right now, which is fine. You know, when it's an indie company or or a very small developer, um, and the because promise of like that's constant updates for. is kind of a nice thing. Right. Like every couple of weeks you come or months you're coming out with something new. Like, okay, I get that you guys are building this game out then. That you know, there's a sacrifice there. Yeah, and and that was what early access was for, right? It was made for these smaller developers. But nowadays, yeah. you know, AAA companies have basically taken that model of put out an unfinished game for money, and then, you know, we can move that that team to another project and then just kind of put, you know, a handful of people trying to fix the game. You know, it's we have to be wise consumers. We've talked about it a hundred times in this podcast. Your guys' voice is with your dollars. It's you being a wise consumer. And I think now, like the expectations versus reality is a real problem. Like I I expected Saints Row, and that's another problem is nostalgia, of course. They know that like let's just make a game that has the same name as something we've done before. We all know Callisto Protocol is basically Dead Space again. You know, let's do this again and we'll sell it no matter what. But my expectations are then leaning on nostalgia. It's leaning on what I know the game could be. Then when it releases and also the reality is it's buggy as all hell. The game doesn't play like I want it to. And it just doesn't spark the same joy it used to in me. That's their fault. And it's a shame that $60 later on and hey, what are you going to do about it? You know? The gaming industry, I, I I almost, I don't like battle passes. Matter of fact, guys, go listen to Pushing Buttons coming out later on in a couple weeks, I think. We're talking about Season Pass, Battle Pass, and the new, you know, business model of gaming. And I used to be so against it. But at this point, looking at what Fortnite's done and the, the cool world they're building and stuff like that, the best crossover in any medium ever, uh, maybe Battle Pass is just the right way to go. Because if, if Fortnite comes out with something buggy and it's terrible, that's fine. Because it's a free game, and I personally don't spend almost a dollar on it. So I've spent a lot on it, but you're buying skins. It's not affecting your gameplay. So now at this point, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down with the Battle Pass system because, shit, it's actually making more sense for me as a consumer now, which is just, you know, you guys did that to me. It's not because I changed. It's because you changed, <laughs> you know? It's so frustrating. All right, let's go ahead and get into our headlines. Starting off with Godzilla vs. King Kong's getting a new movie coming out in late 2024. 
This time they're teaming up against an unknown source. We'll see what happens there. Bioshock movie or series, we're not entirely sure. It's gonna be done for Netflix. It's being directed by Francis Lawrence. He did the Hunger Games movies. And then it's gonna be written by Michael Green who did the Logan movie. That's a very good sign to me. Fantastic Four will be directed by Matt Shackman. He did the WandaVision series. A very beautiful spectacle at least. So that's something decent. PS5 is increasing its prices globally, not here in the US, but everywhere else. Essentially, Xbox and Switch are not increasing their prices. They made sure to come out with statements with that this week. And then Days Gone, the PlayStation property, is making a movie as PlayStation continues to try to make PlayStation-based movies. Any of these you think we should further dive into? You know, I mean, I, I just think real quick, like Kong and Godzilla, you know, they're, they're just giant monsters fighting each other. And I think as long as you go into those movies with that expectation, they're usually pretty good. You know, so, you know, they're just a good fun time. Yep. So hopefully that's, that's good. You know, Bioshock movie. I'm always, I'm always worried about video games turned into movies. It's just how it is. It almost, when a story is so good too, you're like, you guys really <laughs> should be yeah, able to mess this up. <laughs> somehow. I don't, I don't know if it's ever translated. Well, I don't know if yeah. I can think of a single video game movie that was good. I mean, yeah. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> you know what? That one was pretty decent. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, as long as you're not a very anti CGI person, you know, the world of Warcraft movie was, was, was okay, you know, but I, I liked it as a world of Warcraft fan, which means that normally I would not like that. Right. You'd expect me not to like it. There was enough Easter eggs and a good enough story where I was like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, fun. You know, but there's, I don't know. There's like the resident evil movies are very, very controversial, you know. Yeah, yeah it's it that should series, be by the way, just got canceled this morning as we're recording this. Oh, the, the newer one. Okay, yeah, well. yeah, just got canceled. You know, Fantastic Four. I mean, <laughs> maybe the third time's the charm. I don't know. I guess Matt we'll Jackman, see. though, I have faith in him. I think he's going to do a good job with it. Because you watch WandaVision? I have not watched it yet. It's worth watching just for how much they tried something different. I mean, I actually think it's one of the best of the Disney Plus series. But they really tried something unique with this one. And I'm down for them doing with that with Marvel projects. Like, shake it up. Let's see what happens. We don't always have to have, like, the witty male white guy in the, as a lead. Let's try something new. And I think, I think Matt Shackman's the guy for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wish anything Fantastic Four the best of luck, honestly. It's just, uh, yeah. obviously, it just hasn't been done very well in the past. I mean, the, old, the older right. ones weren't bad. But obviously, they weren't good enough to keep going. So... Yeah. You know, PS5, I don't know. I don't know what PS5 is doing or what, what PlayStation is doing ever anymore. You know, obviously Nintendo is winning the Nintendo game because that's the only game they have to play. They don't care what other consoles do. Um, and they don't have to. You know, Xbox, Xbox is getting so much into the cross compatibility, picking up new new properties. I mean, they're they're working on expansion, they're working on adaptability, they're working on bringing in more and more customers from different mediums playstation what are you doing playstation what what innovative thing from playstation has have we seen since playstation 2 really and oh boy well now you're gonna cost more i don't know man i i think the console war is almost over (laughs) and i i I think xbox is gonna win it well really nintendo wins because they never they were they've been switzerland the whole time but yeah, but I think you're right. I, th- I think Xbox winning because they're just basically like, you know, we'll just make it towards PC too, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's fine then. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Xbox Game Pass. Game Pass. 
yeah xbox game pass has it's so much superior to anything playstation has ever attempted to offer similarly in the mm -hmm. past and then to, to to be cross compatible with your pc and there's you know sony is still trying to hold on to their their exclusives and that's great but xbox is like yeah all of our exclusives from here on out will be on pc yep death stranding joining game pass this month i mean it just that that should be creating black holes all over the place and there it is <laughs> yeah we got it right there all right we're gonna finish things off with our recommendations as usual my recommendation for the week is we have rings of power coming up so normally i would tell you go watch all the little of the rings movies again and i know i will be but treat yourself to something special guys in the 70s there was an animated movie that came out the hobbit it is a stunning piece of old school animation check it out especially the hobbit themselves the way they drew them it's delightful something different that'll kind of re-familiarize yourself with this world i mean definitely go watch the lord of the rings movies who we're kidding but also yeah the hobbit from the 70s it's like nightmare fuel in some places it's pretty interesting what's your recommendation for the week scott I guess, you know, the newest, uh, the newest episode of Sandman was pretty good if you haven't watched it. I have not and yet. If you haven't started the Sandman series, I, I highly recommend it. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining me and Scott. We will see you guys next week. We have the House of the Dragon Sloop coming out every Monday night. Come and hang out with us. Talk to you guys later. Bye. See you later. <laughs>